Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Back on the show here and uh, time to talk with State Representative Mike Sparks. We have got uh, the big Wings of Freedom fish fry coming up this weekend. And um, let's see, this is year number 20 for that event. 21st, isn't it? Well, in this 21 years after 9-11. 21 years. So it'd be the... I, th- I talked to John Black this morning. I thought he said 21st. Maybe it is 20th. But um, uh, exciting uh, exciting uh, fish fry this weekend, though. I think we've raised... Um, John was telling me getting close to $2 million now. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's let's get this right. So 9-11 happened in 2001, and this year is 2022. So it's been 21 years since the 9-11 event. Yes, so the first Wings of Freedom fish fry happened on the one-year anniversary. Yes. So that would make this the 20th Wings of 20th? Freedom. 20th, okay. Well, maybe it's 20th. I thought he said 20, 21st, but um, uh, great event. And um, uh, I think we've got Paul Lamb. I'm hoping Paul's going to call in here in just a few minutes. And yeah. Jimmy Driver, who's volunteering, he'll call in a few. We want to dedicate this show to, to the late uh, uh, Steve Fitzhugh, who ran the airport out there at Smyrna. You and I had interviewed him years ago before he passed, and uh, that's people that don't know Steve Fitzhugh. It's Mike Fitzhugh, the sheriff's father, and uh, he helped me kind of promote. If it wasn't the first fish fry, we were promoting the second fish fry, and often a uh, kid because um, I had to tell him to watch his language because he would um, he was shot flying over Korea, uh, got some shrapnel in his what I say the buttocks area, and he would use he would just use the. Uh, the word I'm like, hey, be be careful, Mr. Fitzhugh, what we say on the radio. And um, he was just a great guy. So, also uh, the 75th anniversary of the Air Force. You know, my dad was stationed at Seward. I think uh, Paul Lamb was stationed at Seward. My friend Larry Howe, many folks, uh, including uh, Denny Taylor and Steve Fitzhugh, and um, uh, so many other men that were out there. Uh, and I want to dedicate this show also to the 75th anniversary of uh, the Air Force. And many folks that are listening, they're granddad or their father uh served at seward so um we're going to have some audio from the the interview now that was 2009 so that had to be several years after yes yeah the you know if uh from the airport if 2021 you're, are you saying that the audio that we're going to have here in just a few minutes is it can't be a year or two. No, no, that no. We had him on before years ago. Oh, we, okay. we had him on. Um, uh, Scott interviewed him, and uh, you and I had him on what oh nine from John Black's office up there Correct. at the Smyrna Airport. There's three parts that if folks want to watch it. It's on on YouTube. And Steve was a great guy. Denny Taylor, uh, World War II veteran. Uh, his daughter Debbie Gill, a uh, friend of mine, and um. Uh, but we were able to capture those guys' stories before they passed. They were celebrating a 75th. They were celebrating their reunion from Seward Air Force Base. And um, uh, I don't know about the other gentleman. I forgot his name. Um, he may still be alive today. Uh, but I know Denny and, and Steve have since passed. So is my father and so is so many other these World War II veterans and guys that served out there at, at Stewart. You know, we're losing we're losing a lot of them. But one we haven't lost is... Paul Lamb. That's right. Uh, Paul is uh, joining us. And, Paul, I hear you're on an extremely important mission right now. Uh, yes, sir. You know, we're going to have a fish fry. we got to have fish. So we're heading down to Decatur, Alabama, to hook up with our fish supplier and get about 510 pounds of catfish. 
510 pounds. My goodness, that's that's a lot of catfish, and is that the best place to get it? I guess you all have scoped out and tried to find the best place, huh? Oh, yeah. We've been uh, using these folks for several years now, and uh, they have some really good quality catfish, and uh, if it ain't broke, we don't want to fix it. There you yes. go. Uh, so this is the uh, 20th annual event coming up this weekend. And, Paul, you have, have been a part of this fish fry from even before it uh, before it happened. Uh, I guess you were kind of on the ground floor of this, weren't you? Yeah, we and uh, Valley Reed and uh, Robert Mullins, Wayne Blair, all kind of uh, conspired and used a little brainstorming session and uh, thought it would, uh, would turn out to be a, a good fundraiser and... Uh, actually far exceeded our expectations now did did wayne blair have the 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 biggest brain out of all that group or i mean how was he involved i mean my goodness well he came <laughs> up with actual fish fry we uh robert and valley and i talked about having the hanger party and since lee victory had quit having his fish fry wayne said well hey how about making it a uh fundraiser a fish fry fundraiser so that's kind of how he got involved in it so this, uh, I guess, year one, if you can remember back to that 20 years ago, was that event actually on 9-11, or was it a day or two? You know, I think that it was, was go ahead. 2003. I don't believe it was on actually on 9-11. I can't remember. I've slept since then. I understand. I understand. So, But it's always either on or near the actual 9-11 anniversary. Yeah, yeah, normally it's the second weekend in September. Okay. When when you all were brainstorming, what was the reason to kind of do an event like this? What what was, were some of the thoughts behind it? Well, some of the thoughts were we, we wanted to have to try to have a single fundraiser that the club could be, you know, could all, get all involved in and, and raise, a, you know, a significant amount of money rather than, you know, you know, a piece at a time. And because we had been involved with the uh, air show for like 25 years and uh, 9-11 kind of stopped that, uh, we thought, well, the, the hangar party was kind of a big part of the air show when we were involved in it. And so we just thought, well, people enjoyed it. So we thought we'd just try to make a fundraiser out of the hangar party and, uh, corporate flight at that time which is now azure uh, flight support uh, allows us to use their facility and it just turned out to be you know really great we we enjoyed having people at the airport now this this event um did 9-11 have anything to do with you know let's let's do this event and do it this way and do it on this weekend did you want to do something kind of uh, around the anniversary of that event uh, absolutely. In fact, the recipients of our uh, very first, or one of the recipients of our very first event was the uh, Smyrna Rescue Squad. We had some folks from Smyrna go to, uh, uh, you know, go to New York uh, at that time, and we uh, we just thought that would be would tie in really well. Well, um, I know that this is this is a, a huge undertaking for the club, but you've been able to do so much great uh, with in the community of, of Smyrna with all of the funds that have been raised. I know the Boys and Girls Club wouldn't be where they are without uh, your help and the all-inclusive playground and things of that nature. So um, w when you go to this event, you can feel good that the money is going to be used right back in the community. 
Oh, absolutely. That's that's our goal is to, to raise significant amount of money to help, uh, you know, help nonprofits uh, with their mission. So I think the, the, the whole club is really focused in on that uh, that goal. Well, Paul, I know you're getting close to picking up that fish, so uh, give us all the details about when when people can start showing up and when, when do we get in the, the feeding line and all that good stuff. I think the uh, the car show folks start arriving about 3. The gates actually open for the public at 4. Uh, have a lot of things for them to see, a lot of vendors, a lot of uh, hors d'oeuvres that, that, that they can see. And I think we start serving at 6 o'clock, start serving fish at 6 o'clock. And uh, it might be interesting to note that uh, we feed probably 2,000 people in about an hour and 15 minutes and good hot catfish. And you're going to keep Mike away from any of the food preparation, I hope. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, we've got plenty of stuff for him to do. <laughs> and that's away from any of the food prep. No, I, that's usually, I just serve. That's what I do. <laughs> all right. That's all I do. Hey, Paul, what, you got any uh, words about Steve Fitzhugh? I know you, you were an Air Force veteran from Seward. Um, I know you and Dr. Nash were close friends with him. Oh, Steve's a great guy. And uh, probably is... Uh, had a sense of humor that it was really, really interesting. Yes. But he was a he was a great guy. I think uh, I think he was the one that turned off the lights when they closed the base. Yes, that's what I've heard. Did he ever tell you about him being shot in the buttocks? Uh, you know, I don't remember that. <laughs> he may have. Well, he told us on the air. That's for sure. Um, uh, but thank you for all you do, Paul. Thank you for your for your having vision to start this uh, fish fry back back in the day. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you. Safe, have safe travels, brother. All right, thank you. We'll Bye. see. Paul M. joining us to talk about the uh, Wings of Freedom Fish Fry, the 20th annual event, fish frying uh, classic car cruising uh, as well. And, uh, again, that is going to be this Saturday as well uh, at the uh, corporate flight uh, hangar in Smyrna, 5 until 7. So uh, I guess the food starts coming through about 6 o'clock or so, somewhere in there, 6, yes. 6.30. Yeah, about 5, 5.36 right into there. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, we have some of this vintage audio from 13 years ago, May fifteenth, two 2009. Uh, do we want to go ahead and get that in so we make yeah, sure we've got I, time Yeah, I thought it. it'd be neat, to, especially with the 75th anniversary of the Air Force, and that, that a lot of folks have connections with the Seward Air Force Base. In fact, this Saturday we'll be on that old – Air Force Base that many of us were born were born at, and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Seward. And a lot of those folks were passing away. Used to there used to be a count that said a thousand World War II veterans were passing away. Uh, there's not that many World War II veterans that are that are left um, today. But I thought it'd be neat to to pay a little tribute to Steve Fitzhugh. All right, well let's uh, get right to that. This is from uh, a show we did May fifteenth of two thousand nine. I got a phone call. I only been here at Smyrna Pea Patch. I was stationed here for 13 years. I couldn't get out of here. <laughs> no one wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I came in. I came in from Ardmore when they closed it in 19, December '58, and I flew the line for several years. And then they tapped me for the school squadron, and I instructed flight instructor, school squadron for. Eight years. Got a total of 13 years at Seward, and I finally took somebody else's assignment to get out of here. Mm -hmm. But it's home. Well, uh, you're, you're still in Smyrna. Have you, have you ever left? No. So why, why did you stay in Smyrna? It's as good as anywhere else in the world. Well, that's a I good reason. I stayed here. 
the family was raised here. We knew everybody here. It was a small place. Mm -hmm. There were more people on. When I came here in 58, there was 5,000 on base, and that was bigger than the town of Smyrna. Now Smyrna is pushing 40,000 people. Oh, it's grown a lot. Yeah, it really has. Um, you were actually, you, you served in World War II? Yeah, at the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. I didn't go overseas till right after the war was over. Okay. And, and then uh, the Korean conflict after that? I got recalled after I got out, and uh, that's a funny story. I was recalled in a B-26 outfit. I was a B-29 man, so they shipped me to Eglin Field, Florida, for an atom bomb project as a B-29 man, and put me on C-47s. <laughs> typical Air Force assignment. <laughs> well, that it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I guess not. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, all those numbers. What, what, what kind, are, are they the big planes we're talking about? The, the planes that you were flying? Well, B-17 at that time was big. The B-29 was bigger. Yeah. I went through school on a B-29, and I got reassigned as a B-29 man. But I got shanghaied when I got to Hawaii and put on C-54s. So, you know, Air Force moves in wondrous and mysterious ways. <laughs> well, it's just kind of like our government, isn't it, yeah. most of the time, but sometimes? I, I'm one of the originals in the 130 program. I got the third 130, and you, you should know about this. It was cannibalized. 81 parts were taken off that airplane. It wouldn't fly, and they gave it to me. They're still looking for a man wearing a yellow hat and a rag in the back of his pocket, because 12 days later, the airplane was flying. I'm not going to tell you where I got the parts. <laughs> but that airplane was commissioned, and it was flying. Wow. Well, that's what you were supposed to do, I guess, isn't it? Right. Um, Steve, um, um, how, how long were you... Uh, Director of operations with the. Uh, well, I was uh, I was stationed here three times. Mm -hmm. Actually, the fourth time it was TDY temporary duty, just assigned here for training purposes. But uh, I was uh, director of operations for approximately three and a half, four years. And um, were were you here during the time when uh, of, of the gradual um, decommissioning period? Yes, yes, I was here during the closing period. In fact, I walked out the main gate, and there were only three of us left here. I, I bet that was a, a difficult time. It was. It very was. Uh, we, uh, you could drive down from Nashville down uh, 4170 out here, look over, you find one light. It was burning behind the fire station over here, and that was it. And in a matter of no time, they had a full operation going out here under the Metropolitan Nashville Airport Authority. It was transferred to the Metropolitan Nashville Airport Authority during the McDermott era. And uh, it was used as, at that time as a as a filler base for general aviation was going to be moved out of Nashville out here to make room for air carrier. Uh, that's your airlines and so forth. And uh, it was never properly developed. And uh, Rutherford County, when the transfer came in, Back in 70, uh, the Rutherford County wasn't really interested in acquiring the base, so it was acquired by the Metropolitan National Airport Authority. And later on, they decided they wanted it. So that's when they started getting, mm -hmm. going back in for it again. Now, Mike, um, you know, there, there was a time that many people didn't know what was going to happen to the town of Smyrna itself, much yeah, less Stewart sure. Air Base. I, I was just sitting there thinking that. You know, I, I, I don't remember. I mean, I've 
you know, we talked about the old Smyrna Beach and some of that just off there a little while ago. And that that's kind of what I remember most about the, the base out here was going to the to the beach as a kid and so forth. But, yeah, you know, the stories I'd always heard was Smyrna would dry up and, and so forth. And um, uh, and it hasn't, you know. Everyone felt that it would. And yes, I, I went to Washington uh, twice with Mayor Sam Ridley to try to acquire the base and keep it going. Because everyone really thought it would just dry up. But it, it, it never has shown that at all. Never has shown any indications of it. Yes, sir. And I think I-24 has helped. You know, back years ago, I-24 had to have helped Smyrna. Yes, it has. A whole lot, mm -hmm. you know. Well, w without that, it, it might have been more more difficult. I think, um, you know, w what year did uh, was the base finally closed? In 70 and early 71. 70 and 71. Mm -hmm. So that there was a good 10-year period. Um, I guess late 70s is when you found out about uh, Nissan coming in. But oh, yes. Uh, I mean, there, there was mm -hmm. a great deal of time where there there was some uncertainty on Smyrna's future, I oh, would yes, say. Yes, it was, very much so. In fact, at that time, back during that period of time, Smyrna was not, not even approved to drink their water. Uh, I lived at the, uh, the Cheney House in Smyrna for several uh, months, and we had to carry our own water, drinking water. You could use your water for bathing and everything else, but you had to carry your own water and Coca-Cola jugs to wow. drink your water. Wow. Wouldn't have thought about that. You know, if you think of the irony, you know, here we're talking to a World War II vet, and we've got we're also talking about Nissan, yes. Japanese uh -huh. Japanese owned company, and their hangar is just within a stone's throw from where we're sitting at here. You know, just just ironic how there's things turn about. You know, um, Stan, I uh, want to talk to you about the reunion as well when we come back. But how how were you involved here uh, at the Seward Air Base? Well. The C-130s, uh, they were saying they were building many, many of them, but they couldn't fly. The, the props didn't work on them, and uh, there were lots of airplanes sitting down at Lockheed. And then they started uh, training some of us. Well, Ardmore was the first ones to get it, and then later they uh, trained us over in Europe. I was in France at the time, and we were trained in the airplane, and then they got a prop that worked on it. So all of a sudden we had lots of airplanes and not enough people trained. So I think I had uh, probably 20 hours in the airplane and I was an instructor pilot. <laughs> the number one man. Uh, yeah, uh, teaching people how to fly the airplane. And uh, I was reassigned then when I left my four years in, in France back to, uh, to Seward. And when I reported in here in October, uh, I think it was the following January, I accumulated a thousand hours in the airplane. I was the first one in the Air Force to get, first one in the world to get a thousand hours flying time in the C-130. So, spent a lot of time in the air, I guess. Then have it. Yeah. Uh, do you still enjoy flying, or, or no? Well, when I have an opportunity to do it, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've got about eighteen thousand hours of log time. Wow. So, and then an awful lot of time riding. That's a long time if you start thinking. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a long time. So even if you're not flying, you still enjoy going up in yes. the air. Um, I, I haven't acquired that love myself, but especially every time I get on a plane with Mike, I come out in the green around the gills. Yeah, we were talking about the uh, show we done, what, <laughs> six, eight months ago? Yeah. The first, we think it was the first air show, air radio show from the skies of Tennessee. And it, I think we both got a little, little, uh, Close to being nauseated, I guess, in the stomach, wasn't it? I, I won't let you talk me into something like that again. <laughs> it's just like going to Dollywood, only it's free. It, well, yes, 
and and you don't know when the ride's going to end. That was the biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> or how it's going to end. Though. Or how, yes. Yes, we, we kept the bags really close. <laughs> All right, some of our uh, conversation from uh, 13 years ago with uh, some uh, our, our local Air Force veterans, I guess, Mike. Uh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that is cool, you know. That's cool. So we've got Jimmy Driver on the yeah. phone here. So. Yeah, I want to bring Jimmy on. Thank you, Jimmy, for all the work you've been doing. Um, I know he's been out there sweating for the past week volunteering. Jimmy, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you? Doing fine, sir. Tell us about the big day. Well, the annual Wings of Freedom Fish Fries Saturday, this Saturday the 10th, um, we've been started getting ready Friday cleaning fryers, heading now to pick up a trailer to put dishes in, then the fish fry Saturday, then we'll have cleanup Sunday and Monday, so it's not a, a one-day event. I'm takes, a, uh, I'm assume, takes about a week and a half. I'm assuming the, the cleanup is, is one of those, after the event's over, that's that's probably the hardest to get people to volunteer to come out and, uh, and take part in, isn't it? That's true, and it kind of caught us this year, but you know, you, you just take what went wrong last year and try to make it better this year. We're the only, we're the largest fundraiser in Rutherford County, and uh, we kind of dazzle some of the restauranteurs because we feed about 2,000 people in two hours' time. Yes. It's it's pretty remarkable if you've if you've never been and you think, oh, my gosh, it's going to take forever to feed all these people. It really doesn't. I mean, the line goes really quick. Yeah, you get to enjoy it. <laughs> yes. I guess that, that's very true. So uh, how long have you been involved with the uh, Smyrna Rotary and the Wings of Freedom Fish Fry? Uh, Smyrna Rotary, actually, I went with my father, who was retired Air Force from back in the uh, early 70s out at the old uh, officers club. And then I joined... Uh, it's been about 10 years ago now, I guess. And so this this is obviously an event that helps the uh, Smyrna Rotary r- raise funds to do great things in the community, that all-inclusive playground, the Boys and Girls Club, just to name a few, but uh, really help a lot of people in the community. That's it. You know, we, we've clicked, hopefully, a goal of about $200,000, which you probably end up with one hundred and eighty of that 170 of that to spend and we make organizations go through a um, grant application therefore that information is given to the board and try to distribute the money to the organizations that need it the most so you know personally i look at kids food and everything else yeah yeah so the past couple of years obviously with covid have have been kind of different uh but this year if you've been to the wings of freedom fish fry before this should feel just like the old days i guess that's right actually during covid we went to a drive-through and we still met our goals so people came and supported the rotary and the fish fry no matter what the circumstances yeah uh the uh classic uh, cruise in too is always part of, of the event which is fun yeah you know being one of the cooks we get to sit there and look at the cars but we don't get to go look at the cars 
Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So being one of the cooks, t- tell me about that experience because it's uh, you, you can't cook it too quick. You've got to it's it's all got to be timed out perfectly. But uh, we were talking to Paul Lamb who said it's over five hundred pounds of catfish. So uh, it it takes a lot of cooks all at once. It sounds like. Yeah, we'll start about four thirty or so and start. Um, of course got to get the oil hot so we get that good and done and there's always that test batch of fish and fries and chicken that we drop and we get to kind of try out and then it's just you know as fast as you can get it to fry we're frying fish for the next two hours yeah that's pretty remarkable jimmy uh thanks for what you do i appreciate you spending some time with us today and uh good luck with all the fryers and and all that uh on saturday thank you jimmy right Right. I, I know y'all been talking about the base. Um, I came here in 1959 when Ardmore, Oklahoma, closed and moved C-130s to Seward, and then my dad flew the last one out of Seward to Little Rock when they closed. So been around the base a while. What was your dad's name, Jimmy? Uh, Joe Driver. Joe Driver. Awesome. Well, uh, appreciate what you do, Jimmy, and uh, we'll catch you on Saturday over at uh, the Smyrna Airport, the uh, hangar there for the Wings of Freedom Fish Fry, 5 until 9 or so, uh, and you can get tickets. You can just walk up and get tickets if you don't have those uh, ahead of time. So, uh, big event this weekend. Mike, appreciate it. Thank thank, you. Thank you, Brian. That's State Representative Mike Sparks joining us. And don't forget, if you missed any part of our program, check the podcast at WGNS Radio. That's WGNSRadio.com. Just look under Rutherford Issues.